welcome back to the Line to Game podcast. This is episode three, covering week two of the 2023 NFL season. My name's Jeremy Dixon, as always, here with Mike Parker. Mike, how you doing, man? Hello, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, so everyone out there, please like, listen, rate, review, all that good stuff. Share it. Sharing is caring, Mike. It is. So if you can share, share it. Teamwork makes uh, the dream work. I was, caring is sharing. I went on and looked, and I was a little bit shocked at how many listens we had last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Was, what uh, do we got? I don't even I, know this. this it guy. was like... Four? No, it was like 16 or 18 That's not on bad. the new episode. I was yeah. just like, damn, like... We don't, we don't like, uh, I mean, people are going to probably listen to this and laugh and be like, oh, they have 18 It listeners. is what it is. Like, hey, man, 18 people are actually Grass, It's a grassroots uh, thing here. Just bear <laughs> like with us. I like it. Let's go. So, yeah, anyway, uh, week two. Um, I was very down on the NFL. <clears throat> and me and you kind of talked about that after the podcast last week. Uh, mm. After week one, I just did. And I'm even more confused after watching week two. Is it, like, a, is it, is, are you looking back at the previous week games going, I'm confused? Or are you looking forward at the next week going, I have no idea how to handle what's a in little front of bit me. of both? Yeah. A little bit of both. You're caught between two worlds. It's, yeah. It's just like, you're, what, what happened? What's going to happen? It's I think that's crazy. a lot of people this year. And we say that. I think it's, you know, biased because we're in the moment. Right. But, we always kind of like, man, this season is crazy. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And it's just like another team is excelling while one team that you would expect, you know, to, to be excelling isn't. So you like, what do I do with that information? I right. think that's been the hardest thing. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Degenerate corner. I heard you got a win. No, I did not get a win. Oh, you got a push. Got a push. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about your push. All right. So uh, my bets were Green Bay minus one at Atlanta. That did not work out. I, I, shout out NFC South, man. They're uh, they're looking a lot better than three I teams, they were two and zero. Oh. A lot better. And Tennessee looked pretty good last week against the Chargers. Good, good enough. Yeah, uh, that defense is good. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, good. if you have Derrick Henry in the in the backfield, man, that's a that's a game changer on some level. Uh, then I had Chicago plus two and a half at Tampa Bay, like a moron. You but, in Chicago, but man. This, I is, your, I this just, is your new Mike, Zach Wilson. Mike, I was just like, no, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I like up until right now, I was like, I wish we had Justin Fields on the sea. I wish, I wish that we would have traded the number five pick to the Bears for Justin Fields. And then they could have used the number one pick on Bryce Young or whoever they wanted. But I bet you they're wishing that too right now. So maybe not such a good thought. Anyway, uh, my third game, which I actually did bet on this game in real life. Like actual money. Actual <clears throat> monies. Uh, New Orleans <laughs> minus three at Carolina. And I was, I was sitting there watching the game. They're up. Uh, New Orleans is up 11 with like a minute and a half to go in the game. It's not big enough. And – they Bryce Harper or I mean some Bryce Harper Bryce gets a home run gets, yeah uh, got it yeah, get Bryce Miller gets or Bryce Young. Young gets hot who's Bryce Miller Bryce Miller's uh, one of the pitchers for the Mariners another sorry. baseball player. um anyway focus man yeah sorry Jesus Christ anyway Bryce Young one of them Bryces uh gets hot and so does uh what's the we'll call him thrice thrice Miles Young. Sanders ripped off a big run yeah they end up getting in the end zone, and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "I'm about." I was like, already counting my money before it even uh, before it was. You done. already highlighted the win. It's green. Oh, We're it's good. Terrible man. That, that those ones hurt the worst. And then he hits Adam Thielen for the two point conversion. 
and it was just it was like a, he hit a adam for the of, touchdown on that one yeah, too right so yeah. and then both. the two-point conversion yeah and uh yeah so that's a push all right well last week i did pretty well i was four for five on my bets i was up 253 53 that's 80 percent win percentage for those of you out there this week i did uh better um i had minnesota plus seven i won that washington plus three and a half won that and uh, i had pittsburgh plus two and a half over cleveland that one was a little close but thank goodness for that uh pittsburgh defense um the yens uh, helped me out here so i have three wins right now i'm seven for eight with my bets i'm up 518 dollars 88 percent win percentage i'm just disgusted right, go let's just it'll it'll always it'll level out don't worry but right so, now i'm gonna ride this high a little bit so on the season or this week i'm negative 200 on the season i'm negative 500 all right we'll get there gotta pay to play all right so let's get into the our observations uh, of this uh, week two of games there are no buys we have no buys and we have two games on monday night it's like a foreign you know i have no idea i where don't I am. love it's disorienting I don't love the two the monday night well, they start an hour they, apart yeah that, that just seems at least have one start at halftime of the other one somewhere in that range i mean it just is yeah, it seems like they're too my close guess together. is ABC goes or Disney whomever goes to the NFL and goes, guys, you give us these horrible games. We need some volume. We need eyeballs. Mm-hmm. We need a reason for people to pay these premiums. I, you know, I feel yeah. I mean, or have one be a West Coast game at seven o'clock. Do four and seven or something. Well, you got to wedge it into the primetime areas. So, like, but if you do four o'clock on the East Coast, that's right in their wheelhouse. And seven o'clock on the West Coast, so yeah. But the West Coast people or the East Coast people won't be able to see that game, really. I mean, cause it won't finish until well. Like you can't one watch two games at one time either. So, well, you, you can have, flip. I at guess least you have one, one. Yeah, you, know, you have two standalone. I think games, we're used to it now. I don't like it, so I'm not going to argue too much about yeah. it. But you you watch the one you really want to take a look at, right? And then you kind of flip to the other one yeah. with whatever device you got going on. So, I don't know. It's not ideal. No. All right. So, let's dig into this. Uh, we got Vikings at Eagles last Thursday. We do. Um, you know, I heard Bill uh, Bill Simmons on his podcast. I, I mentioned this to you that uh, he was talking about the best idea he heard for the Jets quarterback situation would be to go trade for Kirk Cousins. And don't know all the re- salary ramifications. I know Kirk Cousins is, has a guaranteed contract through this year, and that's it. But I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Is it seventy million for one year? These teams will pay, right? So, and Kirk Cousins looked really good in this game. Well, not yeah, only this game, seven hundred and eight yards in two games, six TDs. Yeah, he's looking he's great. It out and there. if you, I mean, if you plugged him into the Jets, that's, I mean, with so, I think he could with that defense. I think he could, and that those offensive skill players. I think he could really. They don't have a good run game. Maybe that changes, but uh, I think there's Well, Brees Hall, I mean, he was the only, like, bright... Oh, you're you're back on the Jets. Okay. Yes. Oh, sorry. Let's talk about the Jets a little later. Let's give give this the proper place. Yes. We got to give the attention to Minnesota and Philly. My bad, my bad. All right. So, yeah, Vikings. Yeah, you're right. That was my next note was that they had no no running game whatsoever. Madison is doing nothing. And breaking news, uh, right before we started recording this podcast, the Vikings traded for cam Akers with the rams 
So maybe he'll be happy there. He's, I mean, he's a decent he, running back. Yeah, he's he had some really good games last year. So so for the good for Minnesota, I have Kirk Cousins balling out. You know, that's happened the last couple of games. Justin Jefferson and their uh, rookie draft pick, first-round draft pick, Jordan Addison, are looking great. They're a great one, too. That piece of that team looks fantastic. Um, But their defense is not that good. 54 points scored on them in two games. They can't really run the ball. 70 yards in two games. That's kind of like, ugh. Last year, they won nine games in the fourth quarter overtime. Mm Um I knew based on that alone there was going to be some regression, uh, and I think we're seeing that. I think they played well against a top echelon team in the NFC, but I think they're probably the third best team in the NFC North. Behind the Detroit and Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota in that order. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, Philadelphia – like their passing game didn't look great, but they didn't have to pass a whole lot because their uh, running game outscored or they they outrushed Minnesota two hundred fifty nine to twenty eight. It was a it, they absolutely dominated that Swift and time of possession. Ama- yeah, Swift looks amazing. They held the ball for almost twenty minutes longer than the Vikings. Did. That's ridiculous. I think that's the downside to Kirk Cousin and just the the deep bomb to Jefferson and Addison. You score fast. Right, your defense is constantly on the field because you're just scoring so quickly. In some scenarios, that's a good thing, but you need to have a defense that can hold up, get some stops, and get you back out there so that you can pad that yeah. that score. Absolutely. So, uh, did you e- have any like Eagles downsides were, to the Eagles? I mean, um, it was just their pat. Like, I didn't. I I don't love what the way Jalen Hurts looks this year. I, there's something. I don't know what it is, man. Now they did have three forty-yard-plus explosive plays. They had that. They had a run that swift uh, to the right side, and a couple of deep throws yeah. um, to Vontae Smith. So I, I think they're there, and they're just doing. I think offensively, we've known them as like this team that comes in there and really adjusts their game plan to who they're playing in that moment yeah so perhaps that's what we're seeing here from a from a deep ball but you're right just the the run was working for them they stuck with it they scored quite a few touchdowns in um on the goal line i think uh hertz had two rushing touchdowns they did win the turnover battle four to one i think that's a huge factor here Mm -hmm. um now I think their middle defense and their secondary are a concern this year. A lot of teams seem to be moving the ball down the field on them. Maybe we'll give them a free pass because Minnesota's so efficient at uh, getting chunk yards. Right. So, you know. Yeah, unless you're running up. I mean, yeah, no. I get, And that's the other thing with the running game. Like, that's a pretty tough hand to be dealt going up against that defensive front, trying to run the ball. So, um, you know. Who knows? I mean, this Cam Akers situation might really open that running game up for Minnesota. Right. And they need they basically need to outscore everyone. You know, like they have uh, to. They, I mean, they, have, they to. have to really put yeah. some points up. So And one thing little thing to call out. It's not it's not again, not a concern yet, but something to keep your eyes on. Jalen Hurts turnovers. He's got two and two games. It's only one a game, sure, but he had mm-hmm. fifteen all last season. So that's less than one a game average. We have to control that. He had, a, had an egregious fumble against the Patriots, and this um, he had a pretty terrible fumble in the Super Bowl too. That led, that, uh, yeah, remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, with the where they returned. But it that was a bad snap, though, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't like his turno his uh, interception either in this game. Yeah. So, well, we'll see how that goes. Well, mo- the you know the folks of Eagles Island are monitoring the situation. We have our security team on it, and we'll let you know. Yep. All right. All right. Let's move on to Green Bay, Atlanta. Yep. Is that where you're at? Okay. Yep. Um, for me, there's still a lot of questions around Ritter. Um, they really tried to. He tried to give the ball to to the Packers like four or five times. He did succeed once. Right. So that's something to. Kind you of, did text me during this game. You're like, or during those morning games, which I was watching just the Seahawks game. But yeah. you texted me and you're like, uh, I'm not sure about this Ritter guy. He's. He, he had some moments that were positive, something that you can go, okay, let's build on this. But I think overall, he's not accurate. They're, again, they're not really testing him. Um, I think, what was it, last game, he had 18 attempts. Um, so I'm trying to figure out uh, like what they really need out of him, right? So right. that's the... Well, B. John Robinson uh, was, was the story of this game for me, for the Falcons. Um, fine, you know, he didn't do a whole lot that first week. I mean, he had a decent game, but really broke out in this one. I felt like had over 170 yards of total offense. He did, including a seven-yard run on fourth and one to set up a uh, young way coup for the game-winning field goal. How um, about how about coup? He was four for four in field goals. I mean, he's kind of like t- quietly man. turning into an accurate field goal kicker. I feel like for a young offensive team like that, that with a young ki- young uh, quarterback, young uh, skill position players, you really need a uh, you need to be able to depend on your kicker when you get down in those uh, red zone situations and you're not able to get in the end zone. So yeah, so I looked up Ritter's uh, attempts this game. Uh, sorry, I didn't have that handy at the time, but um, they actually increased to 32 attempts. He did complete 19 of them, it's right around 59, 60%. So it's okay. It's okay, but, you know, yeah, we'd like to see a little better than that. Um, I will say, um, as it relates to Atlanta, I think it was a great team win overall. Defense played, you know, like good good running game uh, Ritter showed some flashes got his that Hollis Hollins had a couple of couple of big plays so that's good getting that second you know reps to that second wide receiver and my outstanding question is Atlanta's defense actually good yeah this was the one reason that I put them below the Saints in my picks for the NFC South is because right. the uncertainty around their defense. I thought their offense would be fine, if not top 10, but that defense was a concern for me. It's becoming less of a concern. This is probably the best team that the Atlanta Falcons will play all year. I was kind of looking at their schedule, and there isn't anything, any team on that list that I feel is better a better team than the, the Green Bay Packers. Wow. So this could be... They get past this hurdle. They're two and zero. I mean, this team could definitely win the NFC South. Yeah. I did look at uh, Arthur Smith, and I go, put a mustache on me. I might look just like that dude. <laughs> Maybe <it>. Halloween <laughs> costume, perhaps. Yeah, there you go. Nobody walk around yeah, with a clipboard. People are gonna be like, "Who, who are you? Who I'm are Arthur you? Smith." And they're gonna be like, "Who's that?" Oh, it's the coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Only me and you will be laughing know, about it, right? All right, let's go to Green Bay. Aaron Jones was out. 
uh, definitely affected their game plan. Yeah. He is their most dynamic player, so that was a problem. Absolutely. Um, I felt Love played very well in the middle quarters, that second and third quarter. Had some issues in the two-minute drill at the end of the game there. I don't know. He's just kind of throwing it out there. Um, overthrows. I know you got to be safe with the throw, but... I, and that I don't know if it's a play call situation there. Is he is he not getting the looks that he needs to really push the ball downfield? Uh, but that didn't look very good. I am pretty optimistic with him, however. Um, he looks calm out there, I guess. Seems to be operating the offense with some efficiency. And, he, and he's making some big throws downfield, which I really like. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, the Packers defense giving up those 13 points in the fourth quarter. Um that really cost them the game. So, um, yeah, all the uh, with all the Aaron Rodgers stuff and him being pissed off that they never invested on the offensive skill positions, um, at least in the first round, and they used all these picks on first round defensive players. I mean, I feel like you should have a good defense right now, and it doesn't seem like they're a, an upper echelon uh, defense at all. So. Um, hopefully they can get that turned around a little bit because I do like love a lot. And uh, you, you, I, you're, you're questioning the Packers D. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just forget. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, they played well this season up until this point, but that four, they, they really melted down there in the fourth quarter. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, they didn't do what it needed, what needed to be done. Yeah. They had quite a, uh, they had quite a lead going into the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, Atlanta scored 13 points in that quarter to, to, kind of take the game so i definitely see that i i just i'd like to see a larger sample size before i yeah kind yeah. of judge exactly, too much exactly exactly i don't want to i'm not jumping off the wagon yet but uh just uh i need minnesota to to win that division so <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see so all right so we're going on to las vegas at buffalo right is that what yeah. you got up all right so uh, Las Vegas was playing Buffalo really tough all the way up to about a minute 45 in the first half. And then it just unraveled. They punted to Buffalo. They marched down the field and scored a touchdown before the half. This is the big thing for me. Josh Allen played under control. He didn't go crazy with the throwing, the passing yards. He He's threw a for... completely different player when he does that. He's letting other people touch the ball, and it works. He threw uh, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, I think is, is key here. He yeah. also led his running backs eat. James Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray all rushed for a combined 178 yards and uh, two touchdowns. I'm a fan of James Cook. I like him a lot. I like that they dusted off Latavius Murray. I had him in fantasy football once upon a time. Yeah, did pretty good for me. Years ago. Yeah, I think he was with uh, the Raiders at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I think he was with the Vikings. Had a good year one time too. But anyway, yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I didn't really get a whole lot out of this game. Yeah. Obviously, watching the Seattle good rebound Seahawks, by Buffalo. But yeah, I was, I was uh, when I saw the score keep popping up, and I, I watched the highlights. Like Allen looked great, um, really. Yeah, I mean, I was happy to see them bounce back. I really, I do, I do like Buffalo. I like the fans of Buffalo. I think they're it's a fun story having a small, such a small market team. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> they do love their their team, so we can't take that kind of stuff yeah. away. But all right, I'm going on the record. Right now, I don't understand the Jimmy G thing. 
doesn't make any sense to me. What? I don't know why so many teams seem to believe in his viability as a quarterback. San Francisco, uh, the Raiders, everyone's talking about, oh, Jimmy G's available. I'm like, what does it matter if he's available? He doesn't challenge downfield. He's prone to turnovers. He's at times sloppy and has a slow delivery. He's not really mobile. I don't know what it is. He's handsome. He's a handsome. That's young what man. I put. It must be the smile. That's all it is. He's got a. He's got a. He's got a million dollar smile. You gotta love it. And a fifty dollar arm. All right. Anything else about this no, game? No, I just. I, right. It was not. It was just a blowout. I'm. All right. So Baltimore at Cincinnati is what I have up next. Is that all what you're right. looking at? That'll work. That'll work, huh? I mean, I had the Seahawks at the top after Vikings and Eagles, but it's fine. We'll get to them when we get to them. That's the next one up for me. Okay. All right, let's dig into this. All right. So this was a big game for me because I picked Cincinnati to win uh, the Super Bowl. And going down 0-2 would be really difficult for them to meet that goal. Only three teams have done it. I think it's the Cowboys, the Patriots in 0-1, Cowboys in 0-3, Patriots in 0-1, and um, the Cowboys Giants in 07. You mean? What did I say? 83? 93. I thought you said 03. 93. Oh, yeah. Good 93. catch. Good catch. And who was the third? Sorry. Giants in 07. Okay. So it's not impossible. And I'll make the argument that it's more possible now in the NFL than it ever has been before. We got an extra game. Got an ex- it's a little bit more time to get yourself together. Extra playoff team. Extra playoff uh, team. Uh, offenses and defenses are a little bit different. You can catch a streak as an offense. Home field advantage isn't the same as it used to be. It's not. So you even as a as you're coming in in a, as a seven seed or something like that, you have an opportunity to go in there and uh, a better opportunity to go in and uh, kind of steal one from a conference or a division winner. Yeah. So that being said, I'm not sure what's wrong with Burrow and the Cincinnati offense. They seem they were out there kind of like it, they look lethargic and uninspired. Like, didn't they only have like twenty some yards of total offense in the first half of that game? Something too? like that. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was not looking good. They seem to have some trouble uh, like adjusting to teams taking away the the deep ball. Um, although in the second half, at least T Higgins had himself quite a day, eighty nine yards, uh, two touchdowns. The rest of the team, especially that running game, was not really effective. They did catch a punt return, so that looked good. Yeah, um, you know, good on the Ravens. I just, I, I, I thought, I really thought that they were going to lose this game just because, you know, it's at Cincinnati, division rival. They know each other really well. Um, you know, they had just lost J.K. Dobbins for the year. Just thought. Figuring just a law of averages. Well, their they're start, they're starting so left tackle was out. Their yeah. starting center was out. Their starting safety was out. Yeah, I was going to say that one of their DBs was out. Yeah. Um, they've, they've had, you know, Dobbins. He went out early in week, in week one, so they had some time to kind of figure that out. They did yeah. well running without him in week one. I'll, I, I will say, despite all of this, Cincinnati only lost by three points. Yeah. So they were right the in that game. That was a shocking thing to me. That was a shocking thing to me as well after kind of digging into some of the numbers with how poor uh, Cincinnati's offense was in the first half. I think that Ravens defense is just 
not a, not the type of or, uh, I yeah, think their Baltimore de- defense. I mean, is not the type of Baltimore. Defense I think it's actually better. I think they're underrated. I think it's better than we think. Uh, I think. No, I mean, but yeah, okay. They were, they're just not putting up like the big numbers yet that they were. They might be. They might turn out to be. Really they're not good. two thousand ra- uh, Ravens. Don't right. don't get me wrong, but I think this is a really really good defense, and I think it's going to keep them in games all year. I hope so. So I have a confession to make. I don't know why. I have so much trouble putting Lamar Jackson in the top tier quarterbacks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. The way he throws the ball is not visually appealing to me. I think that has something to do with it. He's more of a, a flip. He does a flip and puts it on a rope uh, versus a nice like arc. I don't know what it is. Like I like a Joe Burrow ball coming out. I even think Dak Prescott has one of the best spirals in the league. It sometimes goes to the other team, but it looks good in the air. I don't know why I've had so much issue with the way Lamar Jackson throws. He's playing amazing under this offensive coordinator. Um, they're balanced with the run and pass. Lamar's deep pass to Zay Flowers. What an amazing throw. Even it had a little bit of arc, but it was a dot. Put, puts it right on him. Even with the touch in the corner with uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, I need to really dive into him. I want to watch the um, the QB school tape on him and just dig into appreciating what he brings to the table because I don't think I've given him enough credit. He looked amazing. Yeah. Have they announced who's going to be on the second season of quarterback? Because I wouldn't mind seeing Lamar Stafford. Jackson. That's who they have oh, so far. That'd be cool. Uh, that'll be interesting, I'm sure. He's yeah. He looks on. great. Yeah. That's probably why he's under pressure. They got a film crew out by yeah. him and everything. He's like, I gotta, I gotta complete this pass. Puka, come on. Yeah, let's go, buddy. And we'll talk um, about that a little later. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing Lamar Jackson as a, as a participant on that show either. So, so I'm not giving up on Cincinnati and Joe Burrow at this point. Not just yet. Um, there's a long road back. Don't get me wrong. They mm-hmm. did go zero and two last year and made it to the championship game so it's still possible as we've discussed earlier baltimore is definitely in their way so we'll see how it goes yep and baltimore getting that win in cincinnati's big so yes for just for playoff purposes it is um all right so you said seahawks and lions next right yep all right so i had my first note was geno smith had one of his best games as a seahawk if you take away his one Johnny Manziel meltdown, seventeen yards, seventeen sack yard sack that to end the game. I was just watching it, and I'm like, no, no, no. What? What? And he just kept running backwards. I'm like, what are you doing? Throw the ball away. But, so he takes the seventeen yard sack at the end of the game, right? And then he goes on into overtime and goes six for seven with sixty nine yards and a walk off touchdown. Mm-hmm. To your point, it's a great play. It's almost like it clicked. Like, oh, I can see the Matrix now. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's DK not right, running the proper route, but he's open anyway. There's Noah Fant over the middle a couple of times. And a great catch and touchdown by Tyler Lockett. And he did, he put up the numbers he did without his two starting tackles. Yes. Which is pretty impressive as well. Um, Seahawks were really bit by the injury bug this week with, like I mentioned, you know, Abe Lucas and uh, Charles Cross were both out. And 
Tariq Woolen got injured early in this game, which does not help with all these short, intermediate passing routes that the Seahawks just can't seem to stop. Um, give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But I, I saw a funny meme on uh, on Twitter that I sent to you, Mike, that had like it was like a timeline underneath. Like it's you know shows the Seahawks logo says Seahawks game and underneath it's like before the game the timeline is oh great my team is playing today yeah then yeah. the whole like three next three quarters four quarter you know three, four fifths of the of the th- timeline is I want to kill myself and then the last little tiny bit was like oh yay we won well yeah it's so like you're so like emotionally drained it's not even like a payoff that might be why this season has felt so weird to me too just like the ups and downs of the seahawks team alone have been enough to drive it's only week two dude i know you gotta take a breath i know try meditation i I text mike i'm like what are you doing man you come over watch this game and he's like oh no i got blah blah doing something and i'm watching red zone right now anyway i'm like you watch the least amount of football for somebody that co-hosts a football podcast for anybody I know, and you're like, oh, I do a lot of film studies. So. Well, that's the thing. I do watch – watching the games real time, it's almost impossible to watch just the Seahawks game and understand right. what's going on across the league. The red zone is a very handy tool for getting visual on all of these teams and what they're doing. And there's a lot of, they'll they'll cover mistakes and big plays and things like that. Then you supplement that with the highlights that they show on the various resources we have. And then you supplement that with things like watching the video from the quarterback school. This has been a resource for me that I've loved. I discovered it like a couple weeks ago. This, I love this guy's commentary and his breakdowns. So there might be some stuff that I say in this particular podcast. And, uh, you know, it's a copycat league. So I appreciate what he's doing. And uh, that's kind of how I pull all this stuff together from different sources. Yeah, I really prefer when the Seahawks play in the afternoon when there's only like three games going on so that I'm not so I can watch Red Zone in the morning and just get bombarded by all these uh, all these different games. But I haven't been able to find a way to to not watch the Seahawks game when they're on. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, back to this game, Mike. I thought if I'm a Lions fan today, I feel pretty shitty that we didn't close out Seattle when we had them where we wanted them. And, you know, they just let Geno Smith keep pushing the ball downfield. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Seahawks running game looked pretty good. I think Kenneth Walker had his best game of – out of the two this year so far the backup uh, second round pick zach charbonnet had a couple nice runs zach uh, Corbett. zach Corbett. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> yeah i mean to re- or, uh tyler lockett looked good obviously had the game winning uh touchdown and another one earlier in the game yeah it's uh you know the it's i don't even know well to that point both of these teams in their last three matchups including this one on sunday have put up 241 points I think we need to keep these two playing each other as, as much as we can because it is such an exciting game. Yeah. They had 68 points uh, this weekend. Um, they were almost statistically identical. The Kind of the difference here is that Seattle won the, the turnover battle 3-0, uh, to zero, including a pick six. Yeah. And we've discussed this before. Like in the Super Bowl, it's really hard to overcome a, a defensive touchdown. Because you're basically changing the number of processions that a team has 
with and how many points they can score. So you basically took points away from Detroit on that drive and gave it to Seattle. And without Seattle even having to have a possession. Correct. Right. Correct. It, it's it's really detrimental. Turnovers are bad enough, but you can overcome those. It's really, really tough to overcome mm-hmm. a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown for that matter. I agree. All right. Not much more on that game. No. It was fun. It was a fun game to watch for sure. All right. One that wasn't so fun, I guess, for me was uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, the Tennessee Titans. You got them up next? I do, indeed. I just felt like Tennessee had to win this game. They'd lost eight straight games dating back to last year, obviously. Um, You know, Derrick Henry got in the end zone, finally got a little run. Ryan Tannehill didn't do too much to lose the game for them, I guess. And and like you mentioned earlier, their defense looked pretty good. Honestly, with Tannehill, with the Tennessee Titans in general, all you need him to do is make a play when that time comes, a big throw downfield, run for a first down when there's pressure and you really need it, and drive the, get the team down into the red zone and give them opportunities to score touchdowns. I, th- I think that defense is good enough, that running game is good enough, that offensive line is good enough, that if you're not getting turnovers from your quarterback, they're going to be pretty successful. Again, they're in the AFC South, which is generally a weak division. There are two probably bottom eight teams that are in that division, and the Jaguars are a little... Eh, little soft i guess you could call it that one thing that tennessee titans aren't is soft very true my uh, mike rabel's not gonna let that happen so here's the thing justin herbert i can't quit you i know man. he just looks so good good. he looks so good out there throwing the ball so good and so i i I got i was listening to um one of the uh, uh ringer nfl podcasts and Ben Solak had had mentioned that there's a particular type of receiver that the GM likes to go for these big guys and what they really need is somebody to be able to stretch that field so you have these smaller receivers um, like Jordan Addison Tyreek Hill in retrospect these guys that are a little bit shorter not the big tall you know beat somebody in a in a, a jump a jumping situation and they're they're not they're not taking that chance you got to spread the field a little bit you got to you got to attack vertically with with an arm like that i mean he Didn't can make get, the throws they drafted quentin johnson out of tcu though and uh yeah but he's he, a bigger guy a bigger guy though he's not the burner that they need right okay i see what you're saying Right, because yeah, they have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin possession Johnson, receivers, guys that yeah. that that run crisp routes that can, especially uh, Mike Williams, that can um, win in jump ball scenarios. Right, which is great. You want to have those guys on the team, but you also need, you some, need some little guy or some not maybe not little guys, but speedy. I mean, Randy receivers. Moss wasn't little, but right. I mean, he was he was destroyed you vertically. Yeah, tough tough way to. The Chargers are a surprise team for me to be 0-2. I did not see that coming. So I think what one of the things I'm having a challenge at right now, and it's the same with Justin Fields, um, whose fault is it? Is it the head coach? Is it the play calling? 
Well, Justin Fields called his head coach out today. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Well, his, co- I don't know about his coaching, coach, but coaching, coaching in yeah. general. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna. I watch the Chargers because I enjoy what Herbert does. I enjoy yeah. his skill set, and unlike, so he's the he throws the type of deep ball that is visually appealing for me. It just fires out of there like Marino, and yeah. it has a nice arc, and it just it's it's a dot, and. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to to mention, too, that Austin Eckler was out of this game. Um, they really didn't have any semblance of a running game. Well, Kelly the week before had done pretty well. I think no, it's just true. a really good Tennessee, Tennessee Titans defense. I was going to say, Tennessee's defense really shut that down. But, you know, losing Eckler has got to have some impact on that running game as well. So They, they had five, well, I'd say four, well, five different runners, not including uh, Herbert for 61 yards. So they, and their leading rusher had 13 carries. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. And maybe you're, you're playing catch up. You want to try to put some distance between you and the Tennessee Titans. One of the, one of the things you have to do with somebody, if you can score on that team, you have to do it. You can't, right. Can't hesitate. A lot of field goals though. Yeah. Dicker the kicker. Dicker. Working hard. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, went to overtime. That game could have gone either way. So, and it did. They both had, you know, the Chargers won that toss and had an opportunity to get mm-hmm. it down there, and it didn't work. So, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm still a, uh, I was going to call him a bear, but Herbert believer. So, A-Bear. Bobby a bear, Bobby a bear. All right. So next game I have on the docket is Chicago at Tampa Bay. Yeah. Chicago's defense is okay. Chicago's offense <laughs> is really bad. God, Justin Fields looks terrible, man. I don't think the coaches are doing him any favors with the play calls. He well, doesn't really have a lot of playmaking talent around him. His offensive line is really bad, but he is missing wide open reads. They, uh, so the the quote today was somebody asked Justin Fields why he was playing, why he seemed to be playing so robotic instead of kind of running around and making plays, and he said, coaching. You think it's a business decision at this point? He sees, like, I don't think this is the right situation for his development. Do you think he sees that? I mean, of course, this is rhetorical because he's not sitting next to us. But does he see the fact that my my coaching is horrible? Yeah, I'm not going to put myself at risk. Did they just change? Did they change coaches in the off season or no? Eberflus is still their coach. I is think he was the coach yeah. last year too. Man, I I don't know. I feel like that guy has too much talent to look this bad personally um but the problem is if you continue down this path you never improve your josh rosen your david carr you just get beat up so much that you're never able to get to the level that you could have been had you been in a better situation the fact that the fact is he should not sign another contract with them if he no. wants to be better I and mean, protect yourself now don't don't no extensions no nothing you just hit the free agent unless they want to tag you but it should be ridiculous yeah they're he's not getting tagged um unless he has a huge huge development but let's talk about baker mayfield and the tampa bay buccaneers man you mean the 317 yard passing one td uh and no turnovers baker no mayfield turnovers that's a big deal that is a big big deal mike evans man Let's go, Mike Evans. I'm, I'm, and it, it, 
I, I love that Tampa Bay was like, yeah, we're not negotiating a contract with Mike Evans. Uh, you know, we'll we'll revisit it after the season when he's a free agent. Like he's so far gone. He could definitely still play the game at a high level, right? <laughs> yeah. 171 yards and a touchdown. Good lord, man. So, side note on Baker. Do you think the Cleveland Browns would be better off with him on that roster? They have a great defense. And well, before the injury, they had a really good uh set of skill players. Yeah. You have somebody before let, – let's say you have before shoulder injury or current version of Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. A little play action, a little bootleg. You know, he can – he is accurate downfield to a certain extent, especially in those uh, middle – those middle. remember we talked about that. Um, the, first, the first quarter and the third quarter, he was a completely different quarterback than he was in the, in the second, the and, second the and the fourth. Yeah. So when we were coming up on game stoppage time, he had a really tough time. He would, I think, to me, he looks like the game was moving too fast or he was was panicking a little bit, uh, trying to make too much happen. Um, who knows? Maybe he over. This has taught him to kind of slow down and get things done. But he is what you would call a gunslinger. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and my initial reaction to that question is absolutely. But I don't. I might need to think about that for a while. Cause I don't know how much of it is just like my disdain for Deshaun Watson versus how well I think Baker Mayfield would do in that situation. So. Um, I feel like, yeah, but my, my initial well, I mean, answer wa- is yes. Watch the Browns. I mean, yeah, Deshaun initial, Watson's not that good. Yeah, my initial answer is yes. For well, sure. I will say this. Baker always looks good for like one or two games. If That's he makes true. it to like game five or six and still is playing at this level, I will go, okay, maybe this is a different guy. I have a, I have a, I, I had to buy a blanket that has his face on it when we're at the Browns game a few years ago, because my, my wife and kid were, were, were cold. Right. So I was like, I, I'll buy a Baker, <laughs> Baker blanket. Uh, I might pull that out, even though he's with Tampa Bay. I might pull it out and just kind of go, all right, he's heating up. This is a warm blanket. So I have a, I have a, my friend, Josh, who, you know, uh, his brother, Jake is, a huge it was a huge Baker Mayfield fan yeah and like loved Baker Mayfield because he like talks trash and I mean yeah he's anyway he <laughs> I don't know why he liked him so he would, he would always talk trash about Russell Wilson and then be like oh ba- Baker Mayfield da, 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 da. I was like man I'm telling you Jake when they start selling Baker Mayfield jerseys at Marshall's I'm gonna get you one does he does he want the blanket he might. I should actually get that from you and give it to him. That would be I'll hilarious. See if I can find it was just it. his birthday a couple days ago, too. That's funny. Happy as birthday, hell. bro. Um, but no, I was always like, dude, this guy's out of the league in like four years. I'm now I'm kind of secretly rooting for him just because I, you know, I don't know. I would like to, I'd like to see him succeed on some level. I think he gets a lot, lot more shit than he should. Um, yeah. I think he's a. Cleveland was he's a, a He's a starting NFL quarterback. Up. I think yeah. he's in the, he's in the, 50th percentile range though right uh, middle but he, of the road guy he is a starting quarterback in the nfl and yeah. he's better than justin fields and he's better than zach wilson and he's better than Without a doubt you know half of the the, the team's you know yeah uh, quarterbacks so. absolutely i mean like i was trying to say there he's a the situation he got dropped into in cleveland was a dumpster fire it was coaching carousel constantly I think he had three different uh, head coaches, or maybe just offensive coordinators at least in his 
in his four years in Cleveland and it just because he had did he have um what's the guy that's coaching Grambling now I forget that was his first head coach right oh yeah um what the hell is that guys I know who you're talking yeah, about yeah and then and then um Kitchens yep Kitchens was there for a year and got fired and, and then, then they Stefanski. had somebody else Stefanski yeah so yeah he didn't I mean three coaches in four years is tough to overcome on, on any level so uh yeah so yeah I'm, I'm rooting for Baker this year I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing the you know that NFC South is like we said already is wide open I think and, yes uh, I, I, excluding Carolina all right, let's move on to Kansas City at Jacksonville. Kind of an underwhelming game overall. Uh, what were your takes? Sloppy game by Kansas City, three turnovers. Um, so I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy football team. Oh, that's good. I drafted him before uh, he suffered the injury leading into the first week of the season. And he didn't even get on, like, didn't have a reception until the second half. So um, he did end up getting in the end zone and, and – uh, I'm just, I, you know, my concern more than anything, I think, is Kansas City's wide receivers because they just are not, I don't know, they're not where they need to be, for, especially if you're if they're able to take Travis Kelsey away from you for a whole half. Like, who's catching the ball? Because their running game's not elite on any level. I, I, think, I think the receivers took a step up. Uh, this week, it, which isn't saying much because it was like seven drops or whatever week in week right. one. So they, they took a step up in that regard. This Watson kid put the ball on the ground a couple of times, uh, had a big drop. So, I mean, I, don't, I, I really don't even know who these players are, to be honest. So right. it's really hard to get a gauge of who they are. And Mahomes is good enough to bridge that gap until they kind of can figure that out. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's a regression because um, Eric Bieniemy is not there as their offensive That's coordinator anymore. That was anymore. one of my questions I wanted to ask. Like what, what magic did he bring to that table? Sam Howell looks doesn't look half bad, man. Like I, Sam Howell looks better than I thought he was going to look this year for sure. I, I, I like to look at – I try to look at more than just the quarterback's performance as an indicator of whether uh, offensive coordinator is good. Um, I think they're getting open downfield. They've incorporated the running game. We'll get into that yeah. into Washington before, but there's there's they're seeming to lack that cohesiveness um, in Kansas City at the moment. You know, and but I, and I know how everybody used to say, "Oh, well, Eric Bieniemy isn't even calling the plays in Kansas City because Andy, it's Andy Reid's offense." Blah blah blah, but. Yeah, I mean, there there had to have been something. Like, he had a good – him and Patrick Mahomes had to have had a good relationship. And, you know, maybe losing that that person in his ear is, is hurting him. So so on the pro side, the, the positive side of this KC game is uh, Chris Jones was back. Mm-hmm. For me, he was the player of the game. If you kind of exclude, you know, Mahomes' magic. Right. Um, he had a couple of sacks, one and a half to be exact, uh, two quarterback hits – mostly destroyed Jacksonville's offensive line just getting Trevor to kind of move out of the pocket in a place where he is able to plant that foot and make a solid throw kind of on the run all day um his impact to me was was I'm glad they paid him because they definitely need him um also Casey had three turnovers yeah Uh, that's a big problem it kills drives kills momentum got to clean that up a little bit 
Uh, I'm sure that, that's I'm sure they're kept, talking about it right now. That's what kept Jacksonville in the game because yeah. Kansas City, like you mentioned, Kansas City's defense shut down Jacksonville's offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence barely threw for fifty percent in this game. Um, well, if we're going to call out Kansas City's turnover problem, we got to give Jacksonville's defense a little bit of credit there. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I thought they did a good job keeping the Chiefs down to 17 points. Yeah, I was going to say 17. Holding Kansas City's offense to 17 points is a is a hell of a job. You you would expect to win that game, I think. I don't know what the exact stat was, but the Jacksonville had the like the record for most incomplete passes while on the goal line, consecutive incomplete passes or something like that. They had some penalties and stuff. Uh, they had like at least four passes, two to Zay Jones and two to Calvin Ridley that were in the end zone and just a toe tap or, you know, bringing that foot down would have would have changed the trajectory of that game. Now, a couple of them, he might have, you know, it was a little bit overthrown to that one with Calvin Ridley in the corner. But there's right. a couple of Zay Jones ones that, sh- that should have been caught for touchdowns. Yeah, they were in the back of the end zone. Yes, you got to get up there and you got you to beat your defender. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you got to get your feet down. But it was definitely doable. And any one or two in this league should be able to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't. Right. <laughs> but Zay Jones should be able to. Um, one more note is that, you know, the, Travis Etienne got dinged up, didn't have his best game either. Mm-hmm. They're, they're That's a good call. Offensive, yeah. uh, offensive, the offense just couldn't get moving. So 12 rushes for 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. That's not great. Trevor had 26, mostly evading that rush. Right, right. All right, well, there you go. The uh, Kansas City's off the schneid. They, uh, they're one and one. Yeah. They're on their way to. Can you, you know, imagine if they were 0 and 2? Jesus. Imagine a world. Imagine <laughs> We're Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> All right. Indiana at Houston. Is that what you got up next? Yeah. Well, I had Indianapolis at Houston, but yeah. What did I say? Indiana. Oh. Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. It's, uh, it's really the States. Yeah, I hear you. This team. Uh, Anthony Richardson, man, looks good. Needs to learn how to get out of bounds and not take big hits. Well, he he needed to. So he slowed up and took the hit. He got it on that second touchdown run. Yeah. Because he slowed up and took the hit. Ended up on his butt. Little whiplash. You know, he. I think he was in the next series, but they ended up taking him out. Did he clear concussion protocol? Have you heard that? I don't know. Okay. I don't. I'm not right now. I've been so busy just getting. Week two, right? Me too. On, on my one note, that <laughs> I haven't really had time to dig into anything else. More to come on that. I thought Gardner Minshew in in relief looked okay. Uh, Nineteen for twenty three, hundred seven one yards and a touchdown. Uh, not too bad. Quarterback rating one hundred and twelve. Not bad. I uh, will say Anthony looks good from like he's such a dangerous weapon. He's kind of a raw version of Cam Newton. I think you mm-hmm. you take that type of player, and I think Cam Newton is the ultimate version of that. This really big dude that can take on a linebacker, that can also heave it seventy yards, but some accuracy issues, you know, that kind of stuff. Mike, I would give anything to trade Devin Witherspoon for Anthony Richardson right now. You. I don't think you should jump off. Pe- I know. Look, I'm, learning I'm, is not linear, dude. I know, but no, these guys take behind, huge but jumps. But if he could sit behind Geno Smith for a couple of years, learn the offense, learn what we need to do, I would be in heaven right now with that with that guy's potential. I love. I I'm I'm a big fan of Anthony Richardson. I don't know if I take the risk because they're not in a like win in three years scenario. I mean, our our head coach is like 87 right now. Yeah. 
So we don't have he doesn't have time. Probably true. It's like I think they would. I think if he would have been there at five, they would have taken him. It's like it's like Biden. Get him elected now because he won't. He's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other note from this game was uh, I don't know who would have been watching this game other than Colts and Texans fans. And barely them because I think the stadium was not very filled. Probably not. In Houston, out there in Houston. Trying to convince, hey, come come to the game. See the uh, the, the two of the top five picks or two so, of the top four picks. As far as a comeback, I want to watch. I also want to watch the film on CJ. Let's give him his flowers today. Yeah. Um, he was sacked six times by the Colts defense, Oof. including a fumble. Um, but he did suck it up and throw for 384 yards two touchdowns i think i heard that's the first time an ohio state quarterback has ever thrown for more than 350 yards in an nfl game and that's funny you say that because my next sentence is literally is cj the best ohio state quarterback of all time already (laughs) after two games curb streets rolling over in his grave somewhere oh man jesus that's funny i mean that's pretty much the end of the highlights for for houston uh, it is what it is i'm over that one Here's a surprising one. If we have the same game, 49ers and Rams. I got it. Uh, the first note, Rams might be a lot better uh, than we thought, but the 49ers defense is just amazing. So this game was tight, 20-17 to 17 at the start of the fourth quarter. And then Staffers throws a pretty egregious interception. The first interception he throws actually hit the dude in the hands, and it went over his head and got a pick. I, I don't even put that on Stafford. But this one was pretty egregious. Right when they needed to be marching down the field, it wasn't a really good moment for that type of, of turnover. So it was close all game. I think they might be the second-best team in the NFC West, the Rams, as Could is. Could be. Now, if Stafford goes down— I mean, that's a different story. If he's healthy, he's top seven or eight. Well, yeah, in the well, league. I, I saw that stuff about Stetson Bennett leaving the team for personal matters, and I don't think anything else has come, come out of it, but he's not with the team anymore. I know he was their backup and their fourth round draft pick this year. So I wonder how these old white dipshits that run these teams feel about these players like taking mental health days and and stuff like that taking care of themselves versus like i'm gonna go back in coach i know my shoulders separated just give me the needle (laughs) just shoot me up coach (laughs) i i like Uh, it uh i don't know what's going on with stetson i wish him the best take care of yourself um i actually like this it's it was innovative for like the Seahawks. I don't know if they were the first to do it, but it, it, I heard story like it was innovative that they had a, a like a psychologist that they had in house to help the players with some of the things. You're under so much pressure. I was listening to the pivot um, that had Mike Mike McDaniel on it, and he goes, "Yeah, you go through um, a three game losing streak." He basically said, "You get up every day and you come to work." And you fail for three weeks. That's hard to take. I thought it was just, it just, I went, huh. I don't think about that. I get little wins throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's got to be difficult. I I don't think we give the players enough credit for their mental toughness. Yeah. Um, And I think we should give them a little bit more empathy in moments where they need to take some time for themselves. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, so I I mentioned that the um, 49ers defense was amazing, and they did force two late turnovers that secure the game. Um, I had a quick note, though. The Rams are winning by 10 points. Sean McVay calls a timeout with one second on the clock once the Rams get into field goal range. And I'm like, okay, he's going to throw a Hail Mary. I'm like, okay, fine, do it, do whatever. No, he sends the field goal team out. It was like four seconds left, but yeah. Well, it was the last play of the game either way. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers are winning by 10 at this point. The point spread on the game, Mike. Not that Seven. any, not that anybody in the uh, in in the NFL cares about point spreads. No, it was seven and a half, and they kick a field goal to cover the point spread. And Mark Sanchez says, "Oh, that was significant." As it goes to commercial, or we know as it goes to the post game show. I was laughing my ass off, and I don't think I was trying to look for any comment that Sean McVay may have made during the week if he was ever asked about it, and I couldn't find anything. But I wonder, and like I believe that this action is solely just to fuck with people. Probably. I don't but, know. Yeah, They've, interesting. They... I mean, it's just yeah, interesting uh, situation there. We didn't talk much about San Francisco here. We guys, we know we they are who we thought they were. They're, they're a really good team. Really, really a really good, good coach and a really good defense and really good skill players. And yeah, they're a really good team. They're, I mean, they're actually fun to watch. Yeah, they're sorry, the, they're the class. So you know, it's got to be them. And Philly and Dallas are yeah. the class of NFC. I would actually sure. put. Oh, man, I hate to say this. Are the Cowboys at number one right now? No, I put 49ers one, then Cowboys, then Philly. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers definitely, definitely I think the 49ers have a, have a better offense. Record, yeah. And I think they have at least a comparable defense. That Dallas defense is pretty pretty mean, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they both good, have premier pass rushers. Good on San Francisco, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you got on, Onwards and forwards. I have uh, the New York Giants at Arizona Cardinals. Oof. This was a, this is a weird game. Cardinals, man, another like I'm surprised they've really been in these. I mean, they have heart. I don't know how good the Giants or the Commanders are, but Not, I mean, well, they've really. But just they were ahead in both of these games late in the game, right? I mean, it's that's impressive. Well, to me, that goes. They have some self respect. They have heart. They're playing their butts off. They just lack the talent. To bring it over the finish line. That's what they get. They get tired. There was no depth in their rotation. So a lot of guys are spending a lot of time out there on the field and it just starts to grind on you over time. If you don't have good, you know, defensive front rotation, if you don't have, you know, good, you know, a, a good backups in your, your secondary, you start to wear those guys down. And especially if your offense isn't really moving the ball. So in, in parallel with the comeback, the offense wasn't moving the ball anymore. They no. weren't scoring. They were going three and out. They got a big lead and just like watched it. It's like 21 points. Away. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel Jones impressed me with the poise to bounce back, especially after Saquon Barkley leaves the game with the uh, ankle injury that thankfully turned out to just be a regular ankle sprain. High, high ankle, ankle sprain. sprain. Yeah, they're looking at three weeks. Sprain. They said it's just a regular ankle okay. sprain. Um, low so, yeah, ankle sprain. I guess low ankle sprain. Mid ankle sprain. Uh, so, yeah, they, I mean, you know, the Giants definitely need 
all the horses they can get. So hopefully, you know, Saquon gets back with them as soon as possible. But that that's another that that felt a lot like the uh, the Seahawks to me, like with them. You know, just get blown out in that first game, like not even competitive. And then second game, you come back and you eke out a, a W for a team that we all thought was going to be probably the second or third best team in the NFC East. So, yeah, through six quarters, uh, the Giants scored no points. Um, so that's the whole game with Dallas and the first half here. Um, they're one and one. I think they're lucky to be one and one. Me too. I believe they're going to miss the playoffs this year. I think the I NFC too. East is just too stacked for them to be able to get into the second or third position. I think their only hope is that they can sneak into a seven. I know I said I wasn't giving any more hot takes, but a mini hot take is that the Giants are going to really regret that contract they gave to Daniel Jones before, sooner than later. I think people were saying that as he was signing it. Well, I'm saying it now. All right, there it is. We have it on record. All right. Ad, ad hoc hot take. All right, I think that's pro- – I mean, we can put that game to bed, right? Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Jets at Dallas. Uh, let's just go quick through this one. All right. <laughs> I'm going to read through very, very fast. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson is not an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I just put my first note, Zach Wilson doing Zach Wilson things. They need to bring in somebody right now. It has to be like within the next couple of weeks. I think if they start Zach the next four games, they have a chance. New England at home and at Denver, they're very winnable. They have a good defense. If he just keeps the the interceptions down, the turnovers down, they might be able to do something with that. That would put them three and three going into their bye. That would give five to six weeks if they brought somebody in very soon to gear up and get ready. And then that gauntlet that they're running right now, th- that quarterback does not have to deal with those teams. Right. Unless he's sub- so substantially better, you got to get him out there, but that you have options. I think mm-hmm. that's really the only way that they can salvage their season. I could see it, man. You think that if, what if, so what if Minnesota loses to, who is it, the Chargers? This No, not the Chargers. Anyway, if Minnesota loses and goes to 0-3, you think, do you trade Kirk Cousins if you're Minnesota's GM? Is it Rick Spielman still? No, because he's he's almost 1,000. He'll have 1,000 yards by the end of this game. There's no it's way you, 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 you get rid of him. He's too good. But he's a free agent at the end of the year. I guess you can still franchise him. So I, I suppose... I don't Depends know. Depends what you could get for I him, don't know I a lot of NFL teams that play that game. This isn't the NBA. It's like, you know, the, the value, the contract, uh, like expiring contracts have value in the NBA, right? Because they can basically offload that cap space and still make enough money into the, the overall trade to get something of value. Okay, let me ask it in a different way. If Kirk, if they lose this next game. I don't think the NFL tanks full stop. Okay, I know you keep saying that. All right. Um, anyway, back to this Jets game with the Cowboys. I thought that the Jets' defense would keep it a lot closer. And they actually did for a bit. Yeah, no, they did for sure. But it just, I think they got worn down. And um, there's one play where Parsons starts on the outside, the 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 defensive right side, the offensive left side. Okay. Hezies, little shake and bake, and then stunts across two defensive linemen and hits that, uh, I think it was the A-gap, and, like, absorbs 
Zach Wilson's soul. Like he disappeared, right? And he kind of like shoots out of there like Superman and like kind of crawls on the ground. And I just go, this guy is playing at a different level. Like Zach Wilson doesn't have a chance with the speed of that defense. Yeah, it, it, the Jets, like you said, need another quarterback. Their offensive line is worse than I thought. We we talked Their about this in bad. our training camp, and I thought that's why with, with Rodgers, with that defense, with those skill players, if you have just a functional offensive line that can give you a few seconds, that's good at switching and doing all that stuff. You should be good. Let's say they break down at certain times. They're middle of the road. I think if they're middle of the road yeah. with with Aaron Rodgers, they win the division. I still didn't see it. But I, that offensive line, he was complaining about that offensive line in training camp. That's why I said I think that the offensive line is going to be Well, the technically he was team. complaining about the blocking schemes that they were doing. So that's more of a coaching issue well, than it is a player issue. Right. And maybe that's kind of the problem. Who knows? Well, right. some people know. Watch the film, I guess. Yeah. Um, All right, you got any oh, more? Oh, yeah. This. That? So, yeah, one more yeah, thing. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a real tough time if I have to refer to Mike uh, McCarthy as the two-time <laughs> Super Bowl championship head coach, Mike McCarthy. Oh, you texted me that. Yeah, it's going to be rough. That's going to be a hard one. That, that was my final take in that. All right, you got Commanders and Broncos next. I, I do. Uh, one of my favorite games of the day, by far. Mm. Uh, I actually only watched like the fourth quarter of it, but so let's state let's put this out there first, and then I'll I'll give you the floor. Okay. Russell Wilson had his best game in about a year: three hundred and eight yards, three touchdowns, one interception, one fumble, and the Den- and Denver had a twenty-one to three lead going into the second quarter. All right, floor is yours. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I, this is not on Russell Wilson at all. Like the kickers missing kicks, the defense is breaking down. It's kind of everything but the quarterback right now for them. It seems like these last two weeks. Um, it was. I thought it was over the Russell Wilson thing, but I'm not. This game was so just satisfying to watch how it came down to the end. Uh, Denver gets the ball back down eight with about a minute let's and pause 45 for a second. seconds oh go ahead finish okay. your thought no, i was just gonna say i was just gonna explain what happened drive down russell wilson throws one of his moon balls from about the you oh know, the hail mary the, yeah from about the the positive 40 yard line for him uh into a crowd of people at the goal line ball gets tipped up like three times and one of the uh, denver tight ends snatches it in the end zone yeah and then they need to run a two-point play. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, are they really going to win this? They're tied up and go I, to I was I was at a barbecue watching this happen. I'm mm-hmm. like, hand, I'm standing in the middle of the living room, hands on knees. Like, are you kidding me? Let's go. What is happening right now? <laughs> right. I was actually really excited. To, I was actually rooting for them to win. Just to have a win like that. Not that I'm a huge, I'm not a huge Denver Broncos fan. I'm not, I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan. I'm yeah. not a huge Sean Payton fan. I don't know why I was rooting for it, but... Right. I think I'm less of a, a, a football team fan than I am Denver, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they get the they get the touchdown, go for two, and the wide receiver for Denver gets absolutely mugged, mugged yeah. in the end zone. Uh, should have been a pass interference and another chance at, at the uh, at the two point, but it wasn't. Denver falls to zero and two at home, Mike. Zero and two. That 
was that just made my heart. I, I said it last up. week. I think I, I think I was giving it, their defense a little bit more credit based on kind of what they've done in the past. Yeah. I, I think they're not as good. There's and, some holes. And if you combine that with the lack of you know efficiency offensively, um, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough game. I was gonna say like you're you said. You said, I, I thought I was over Russell Wilson. And I go, you're still mad at Mariota for saying some shit as an Oregon duck when he was playing at Washington, just like talking yeah. trash. So I'm... I mean, Oregon, yeah, backup... Oregon quarterbacks that are backups in the NFL, you know, they can talk no, all the shit they want. M- no, but he's, you, he I said know, it I'm, as I'm an Oregon duck. I know. My point is that you carry this stuff for a very long time. Yes, we we talked about meditation and letting things go. Maybe we can work on that in this in this podcast this year. Possibly, just have like a silent moment for you to kind of reflect. Possibly. All right, all right. So here's the thing: Washington is probably the they're two and zero, but they're probably the worst two and zero team in the league right now. You think them or Tampa? I think Tampa. <sighs> I think I like Washington's defense better than I like Tampa. Yeah, I think sure. I think you might be right. I okay. think you might be right. I don't know. Could anyway, be. finish your go ahead and finish your point. Oh, I was gonna say um, they got Buffalo at home next, and then they're at Philly. Um, the, my guess is they'll be two and two by then. I think we can evaluate how close those games are. Do yeah. they sneak one away? Are they are they better than we thought they were? I have them fourth in the in the division in the NFC West, or NFC East. So. I don't know. Can they can I they be too. better than the Giants? I yeah. think they can. I may have had the Giants last, actually, but either way. Um, 1A, 1B. Yeah. Or 3A, 3B. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we done with that one? Yeah. All right, not. let's move on to one of the more fun games of the, of the week. Miami, your AFC East champion Miami Dolphins at New England. Yes, sir. Um, this was a huge win for Miami. I thought so, too. Uh, these types, These are the types of games that they have to win. These tough games, these grind them out games, you take your blows from the opponent and you just come out victorious. There's always going to be these games. There's going to be some games where you blow them out, but there's most of the games that you play are going to be grinding through, winning by three points, winning by six points, winning in overtime. And this is the thing that I always missed from Miami. They have a tough time being out on the victorious end of these kind of like slaughters yeah um you know i thought my one apprehension with picking the dolphins to win the afc east was their running game and i thought raheem mostert looked great in this game had two touchdowns they really they really it felt like bill belichick's defense tried to shut Tua down and they did kind of keep him in check more than obviously he did last week um running them brackets yeah and, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill still got loose for a big touchdown. Uh, but they, you know, and, and Jalen Waddle. all that motion. Jalen Waddle Short motion. Injured, motion so. across the field. It's just, it's insane. I don't know how anybody keeps up with it. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch, though. Like you said, this was a really, really entertaining game. Um, you know, Mac Jones is Mac Jones. I mean, he's just, he's, he's definitely a middle-of-the-road quarterback. He's not going to lose you games 
necessarily. Um, he's gonna, you know, he's he's done a good job this year of keep. They're the most to me. They're the most impressive zero and two team in the NFL. So the most recent Bill Simmons podcast, they were talking about quarterback rankings, and they had Mac Jones as the line of demarcation. Is he better than Mac Jones? Is he worse than Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. And that was the the line of demarcation. I think that's a fair assessment of what Mac Jones is, right? Yeah, now. middle of the road guy. Yeah. Absolutely. He's the over under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have anything else on this one? Um I think it might be time for me for us to discuss Miami as the number one team in the AFCs. I know you pick them. I'm starting to kind of like get there. Um, over the past couple of years, we've seen them beat teams by 20, only to lose a dogfight the next week. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they, they are winning these games now. So back-to-back years, 2-0, and we'll see how everything plays out. I think they have a leg up on that, uh, that AFC East right now. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is what you need sometimes, is the, is the path to be cleared for you. As much as it sucks to have Aaron Rodgers out of the NFL with an injury, that actually was one of those moments that propels a team that you didn't think was going to be there because it's one less battle that they have to fight, right? Well, I did it's think they l- were going to be there, but yeah. A little bit easier. There's no way they would have been fourth in the, in the league. No way. They wouldn't have been last in the AFC East okay. if, if, if he was healthy. Okay. But my point is it's a little bit easier. Those Those – Things are falling out of their way, and it, they're just that path is starting to appear for them. I really feel like it's down to them in Buffalo for the AFC East, and that's I mean, without question, some, that's going to be some good. Without question, those are going to be a couple of good games. I feel like. So. Yeah. I mean, my the New England's zero and two. Yeah, and they're facing the Jets next week. Who knows? Although they're pretty successful over the Jets, yeah. I don't think they Jets have won in New if they, England. If they lose to the Jets to go to, I mean, like I said, I feel like the Patriots would be a are nightmare, the, wouldn't it? Patriots are the mo- the the best zero and two team in football. All right, all right, okay. New England at Carolina, New Orleans at Carolina. What did I say? New England, New Orleans. <laughs> or novels, uh, depending where you're I, yeah I had the my first note the game was not as close as the score indicates um, Panthers didn't give up though that was impressive especially with the young quarterback uh, Jamal Williams leaves with an ankle injury but Taysom Hill came in and really did pretty well nine carries for 75 yards um, and I still hate David Carr or Derek Carr whatever whichever car that is <laughs> Derek I hate him. Don't care which one it is, actually. He is so... His variability is... Like, makes me want to pull my hair out. One minute, he's throwing just a dime down the sideline. The other, the next minute, he is making a read where he's trying to drop it in the middle of four defenders, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you seeing? I, I don't... They had so much momentum at one point, and they get the ball to midfield... And he just goes bonkers for a couple minutes and is throwing the ball, tried to throw the ball to Carolina like three times in a row. Well, I think what's helping is lack of offense, uh, explosive offensive plays really on, on Carolina's side. I'm not sure the pace that Bryce Young plays with. I, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know if it's like, is he seeing it? In sl- so there's two ways to approach the game at this level there is the jason kid i'm going to speed the game up and make everybody play at my level 
and just basically he's faster than everybody. He's processing quicker. He's everyone's still trying to play catch up to him. Or the Ichiro where he slows it down, calm it down, make everybody play down to your level. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure what he's trying to do out there. Is he does he see everything that's supposed to be happening? When he throws the ball, it's accurate. He knows like arm angles and all this stuff. It seems very natural yeah. for him, but just the way he's taking the snap, he's got his little shirt untucked, and he's kind of like, boop, 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 boop. Here, I'm going to throw it over here. I don't yeah. know if it's like him. That's his version of I understand how to make this throw, and I'm confident I can do it, or if he's not seeing it right. I just I don't know his body language. I can't can't really tell. Did you hear that it came out, I don't know if it was an athletic article. I heard, I heard something about it on the radio or on a podcast today, that – there's one play that's not in the Carolina Panthers playbook and it's the quarterback sneak because yeah. they just think he's too small to do it. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's, it's tough to have that's, it. Cause that's, that, that, that creates uh, mismatches. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, well, All right. let, I mean, just to polish off uh, new Orleans here. Um, I think they have really good offensive and defensive lines. At least it's what we're seeing so far. Um, Olave looks really good. Had a couple of great plays. Um, I mean, like we said, car blacks out sometimes, but I'm wondering if that, the, the car blackouts will ultimately be their demise. That's that he's going to do it at a big moment against the Falcons or something like that. He's, they're going to do something he hasn't seen and, they're just going to lose the the division because of that. They're uh, they're also we got to keep in mind they're getting Alvin Kamara back after this weekend's game, so that's going to be. I mean, that's a game. Well, you changer. figure a week or two to get back up to game speed because they're not going to be playing in many snaps for like probably a couple of weeks. But yeah, I think by week six he should be good. No, yeah, I would imagine. Okay. All right, uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. This is the final game of the week. Uh, really weird one. Um, Jerome Ford looked really good for Cleveland after they lost Nick Chubb. Oh, I had Nick Chubb on my fantasy team. He's my number that one hurts. pick. Did I, you go back and pick up Jerome? I barely. Yeah, it was like I missed out on somebody last week. I tried to pick up uh, who's the backup quarter or running back in Pitts, uh, Philadelphia. I mean, um, Penny. No, the other one, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, I God. tried to pick him up on waivers last weekend and missed out. Thank Kareem, God. Kareem Hunt's back with the I, Browns. I did. Did he actually get signed today? I saw he was. Uh, they were, they were chatting him with too. him. Yeah, I saw they were chatting with him. Yeah. Anyway, Jerome Ford looked really good. So first of all, let's take a moment of silence for Nick Chubb. He's done. He's got that. That knee injury looked horrific. I won't say done. I think um, McGay. He had the same problem. He but came not back twice. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, we're talking. Chubb we're we're talking injury. about 15 years of medical technology here. When I when we first went when. when uh, with our oldest, the the video that you get for the ultrasound, it looks like, I don't know, a star map or something. You can't tell anything. It's just blacks everywhere. And they're just like, oh, there's the nose. And it's just like, right. I don't, but by the time my, uh, my second, it's completely different. You, it's a different look. Yeah. You can see things. It's just... Seven years of tech of technology. Oh, hopefully, he can come. I, I, I'm rooting for him. I, My I fingers like him. are crossed, is yeah. what I'm saying. So, um, that really <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, 
And just to top it all off, um, Deshaun was pretty mediocre again. He had two fumbles, one resulting in a Pittsburgh uh, defensive touchdown and an interception for pick six. I mean, obviously the offense or the defense scored more points than the Pittsburgh offense. Their offense looks horrible. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. That's why I'm off betting. I had enough of a scare this week where I'm like, they can't really do anything, move the ball anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that is concerning. But um, favorite part of the game was T.J. Watt sacking Deshaun Watson, and or sorry, I guess T.J. Watt didn't sack him, but uh, the other D.N. did, and T.J. Watt picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. He was fast. Whew, yeah, he was, man. He picked that, that was wonderful. Man. Yeah, there's nothing better than seeing Deshaun Watson get hit. That's true. I love it. Yeah. All right, well, that was week two. All right. In the books. Boom. So let's uh, talk about... We're looking forward. Some of our looking forwards. Um, Yeah, what are some of the games? How many games you got? Um, I got two that I'm kind of like eyeballing, not for betting purposes, but I'm just really excited to see. I'm just excited to watch those games. What are they? Uh, Monday Night Football, pretty much. So I got the 2-0 Philly against 2-0 Tampa Bay. I got that one on my list This will be the first kind of real test for baker mayfield he's going to be under a lot of pressure we'll see how he how he does i'm also looking at um the rams at cincinnati things the road doesn't get any easier for cincinnati do are they able to do something against the the rams defense and we still don't know i i I keep hearing that joe burrow may not play this week so well i mean if you i would say it too because yeah. you don't know, first of all. Second of all, I mean, it's hard to prepare. Uh, shout out former University of Washington Husky Jake Browning might get his first uh, career start. Did you, like, did, like Belichick had Brady on the IR at listed as questionable for, like, most of his career. Questionable a knee, questionable right. an ankle, questionable right. an elbow. Just to mess with him a little bit, probably. Well, you play within the, the, the rules of the game, I guess. Yeah. All right, so those are kind of the two games. The other ones are, like... I don't know. I'll watch, but I want to see. So the other three games I had were Falcons and Lions. Mm-hmm. Interested to see what the Falcons really are. Yeah, what Detroit can do off this loss because that was a pretty deflating loss. It felt like uh, Saints and Packers. I want to see that those two teams match up. I like both of those teams a little bit in the NFC uh, and the Chargers and Vikings battle of the O and twos. One of these teams got to get a W, and both of them need it pretty damn bad right now. Right. So, yeah. So um, I have three that I bet, and a one that I I'm tracking, but I don't I don't have the stones to put it on my list. But I just okay. kind of want to see how it, how it would look. Okay. All right. So my first one is New York at San Francisco. I'm taking San Francisco minus ten. It's a big number. This is a Thursday game, so this is risky. But I don't see how the New York Giants offense is able to beat this team. Unless, Not without Saquon Barkley. Yeah, exactly. And I think defense, like I don't know if defensively they can hold up over time. So I'm just no. give me 10. Actually, give me 11. Yeah. I don't know. It's a big number, man. But yeah. All right. It is. We'll see. And I, I understand those big that. numbers always scare they me. They do yeah. scare me, but I think this is going to be an anomaly. All right, All right, my second game is Atlanta at Detroit. I took the Atlanta money line, or took them to win. 
Um, that's plus 140. So I'm excited to see what happens there. I'm buying Atlanta after watching the game the other day. Uh, Detroit, uh, their CJ Gardner Johnson's down. Um, their defensive end Houston is is out. Uh, their starting running back Montgomery is out. They're bringing in some backup from the Jets. Um, Get to see Gibbs a little bit, though. Maybe. I don't know why they don't cut this guy loose, man. Like, let's see him. We'll see. But and there's then, not a lot of depth there. Yeah. And I'm not scared of um, Goff. So we'll see. He's yeah. accurate. You know, he works in a certain space. No shots downfield. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and then my final game is Denver at Miami. I'm taking Miami minus six and a half. All right. They're at home against an 0-2 team. That isn't doing very good. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that one plays and, out. And here's my tracking one. No money on this, though. So New York Jets plus two and a half at New England. I'm. You're taking New York Jets? Yeah. Wow. For the upset. Man, ball. That's a. That's a. Yeah, I understand why you're not a hundred percent on that one yet. But what do I know? I have to. I have to protect I'm, the percentage. What do I know? I'm 0-5 and one. So, um, yeah. So my three games I picked for this week: uh, Pittsburgh plus two and a half at Las Vegas. Just feel, but and even that that scares me because it's that's a weird number for. You know, I, I don't know. I just I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't trust the. You're Raiders. taking Vegas. No, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I think it's probably good. But Pittsburgh being getting two and a half points, I just don't. I don't feel like those two teams on a neutral site field are are that close to even. I feel like Pittsburgh. Maybe Matt Canada's listening to the to the Pittsburgh crowd Maybe. and just going to change some stuff up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe let's hope. Uh, so I'm interested to see what, what plays out in that one. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Pittsburgh needs to get their offense going. Where 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 is Najee Harris? Where is Najee Harris? That's my question. Anyway, uh, next game I got Tennessee plus three at Cleveland. I, I just think with the injury to Chubb, I know Jerome Ford did look good, but he's still he's a backup for a reason. Um it's going to be... You know, I think this is a good one. That Tennessee defense is going to tee yeah, off Watson. I hope so. I hope so. Tee uh, off. Ah. <laughs> tee off. Good Lord. What are we doing with our lives? Um, and then my third one is... And this probably has changed in the hour since we started recording this. Or actually hour and 25 minutes. Uh, Minnesota versus... The L.A. Chargers uh, is a pick 'em, and I have Minnesota winning that game. All right, is that out? Is that the bets for the week? That's my bets. All right, so Jeremy's question of the week: What do you got? Okay, so I could tell you were not a big fan of this question uh, due to your response to my text message. I have a better one for next week already in line. Oh sweet! But uh, it's not a bad question. First of all, it's I want to say week two. In week two, I wanted to just update that road teams were nine and seven. This week, so the two two weeks in a row, still better, but it evened out two a weeks, little bit. Well, no, even last week they were like fourteen and or not fourteen, but like uh, they were like 11 six and, and eleven. Five. No, the road teams were eleven and five last week. Yeah, this yeah. week they were nine and seven. So home teams. What I'm a, saying, yeah. they got better. It wasn't it wasn't as drastic, right? Right. But okay, it's gotcha. they still. 
Okay, anyway, my question, this week's question. Last three years, there's only been one 2-0 team to make the playoffs. You already mentioned that was Cincinnati Bengals Bengals, last season. Um, And there's some crazy stat about 0-2 teams in, like, the last 10 years – like there's been like a it's like a 95 percent chance you're not making the playoffs based on old stats we already talked about the ways we need to be adjusting that but go ahead are there any what oh and two teams do you feel like can make the playoffs this year here they are in this order in likelihood cincinnati chargers new england that's it really man i see i felt those are the three teams i had too but I felt like it was opposite order. I think the Patriots have the best defense. Eh, maybe Cincinnati has a better defense. But I, I feel like Joe Burrow is such a question mark right now. I, I question I question Joe Burrow less. Um, he's had some slow starts before. Um, they rattled off like eight or nine in a row at the end of last season. Yeah. I'm not worried yet. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. All right, all right. Good pull. Good right. pull there. Take corner. What do you got? Um, you I'm lead still. Off. I'm still uh, taking a break from take corner for mental health purposes. Okay. I gave you my partial t- <laughs> hot take earlier about Daniel Jones' contract. All right. I got three bullet points. We'll rattle them off. Uh, the go. tight end position will go away. Go the way of the running back. Right now, the only tight end that matters is Travis Kelsey. True. Seems like all of these teams are wasting these high draft picks on these tight ends, but they don't seem to use them. No, so I wonder what's going on. Minnesota's doing some things with TJ Hawkinson, I guess. But his first game, he only had six targets. Uh, he had a good second game. Yeah. But it, it's Kittle? sporadic. No. But he's he's hurt a lot. Yeah, but they're hurt. not throwing to him very much either. No. He's such he's so effective in the running game. But where That's are the true. Gronks? Where are uh, the Antonio Gates, these yeah. guys that were real uh, thing, people that you had to game plan for. Outside of Kelsey, I don't see anyone game planning for a tight end. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're probably right. Mark Andrews? Is, I mean, he's up there, but I think he's a I step below. It. It's like Kelsey heard, at number one. I haven't even heard his name. And then year. it's a couple of floors down. Kelsey's in the penthouse. You probably have Andrews with Taylor Swift. (laughs) Couple floors down, then you got like Andrews and Kittle, and uh, what's his that Goddard, Minnesota, Hawkinson, Hawkinson. I just mentioned, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Unless, yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts. I guess is like maybe he can figure. But again, first round, high first round pick. What third or fourth? Yeah, and not being used, just not doesn't exist that's true that's true all right this could be a function of how they're calling plays now more than anything else but i mean the simple fact is is that kelsey seems to be the only one that really makes a difference when you when you talk about wins and losses and points all right uh, second one the la rams are this year's new york giants and that's not good for seattle yeah that's probably true the team that you didn't expect to be there. Giants but, really came out last year, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a... And that puts Seattle in the third position in the ugh. West, and that's going to be a you're tough... Not, you're not making the playoffs probably in the third not, position Probably in the West. not. Absolutely not, so... I would say if any division's putting out three, it's probably the uh, NFC East. Yeah. All right, so 
final part of this is the kind of reoccurring thing is the Trevor Tracker. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, he had a pretty rough not game. Good, not good this um, week. Not a, not a very good stat line. I think I put some of that on the play calling. I put some of that on the drops and not getting their toes in and those touchdowns. He went 22 for 41. That's only 54%. Not good. 216 yards with another 26 rushing and a fumble. Ugh. I will say that he went from 1,400 last week to 1,200 in the MVP voting after that week. Odd. So there's some there's somebody going like there's still value in him. Right. It's really fun to kind of watch like where that MP the MVP odds go based on yeah. his performance and stuff like that. So interesting. We'll see. Interesting. All right. So diversity. Um, I don't have a lot here. Um, I got a few. So I yeah. got a lot of football stuff in my feeds. Yeah. And I just like we've already talked about it, all that kind of other stuff. So I got one. Okay. Did you know that Charles Peanut Tillman is an FBI agent? Like seriously? Yeah. Not like Shaq, just like no. pulling out a badge saying he's a sheriff? No. Really? And he let the Chicago leadership, the Bears leadership, know that d- defensive coordinator Alan Williams' house was going to be raided. We're not sure why yet, but it's an interesting what? developing story. You hear it here. You heard it here or on Twitter. Okay. Wow. Um, that made me think too real quick. About... That was the peanut punch. <laughs> um, did you see the all the stuff about Chandler Jones? Like alluding to that his goddaughter was molested and raped by somebody affiliated with the Raiders. And then when he brought it up, then now he's not allowed back in the facility. And then all of a sudden he was like, sorry, my account got hacked. Yeah, I heard the story. It's hard for me to get my bearings in it. it I feel so, I feel like I'm in the Bermuda I, I Triangle. I, I don't about it until right now. Like it just made me think of it when you brought up that Peanut Tillman thing. I have no, I have no direction. We need to we need to dig into that a little bit this week. I don't just, know if you can. It, it's so bonkers. Oh man, I don't I don't know what to believe or who to believe. Because he alluded that Mark Davis didn't know, but that it's somebody that's like friends with Mark Davis was molesting his goddaughter or something. I'm just honestly, like, I wouldn't put it by. Anybody. Yeah. And imagine you're in a position where that happens and you feel powerless to do anything about it. You don't have any way to express it. Cops aren't listening, whatever. I mean, you're, you're caught in a position where you, you appear to be having a mental breakdown. And in some cases you do because of the position you're in. I'm not going to judge. Um, I don't, I hope somebody gets to the bottom of if, if it is a mental health issue, let's get him the help. If, his goddaughter is being molested. Let's arrest the person and get right. them convicted. Um, yeah, solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, so my diversity section, um, update on my cousin's, I guess he's shoulder. my second cousin's shoulder uh, injury. He got cleared by the surgeon, I think. I'm still not 100% clear on this because I was asking both my aunt and my cousin and neither one of them seemed to know. But then my second cousin was like, no, I'm good. They said, the doctor said I'm fine. So they got him some arm braces. He's... What do you mean cleared? Cleared for what? Cleared that cleared he Cleared for use... contact. And that he's... Yeah, that's he said that the surgeon cleared him for contact. My cousin, who's his mother, said that he was cleared for contact. However, we got to the game. It was already 14 to... They, so the team he plays for was already losing 14 to nothing by the time we got there, like halfway through the first quarter. They're not the best team clearly 
Because um, all their players have yeah, shoulder probably. injuries. Yeah, well, I saw another player, like, leaving the field, like, to going towards the locker room on crutches when we got there. So, um, and then another guy broke his collarbone in that game. So, I don't know what's going on with shoulder injuries with them. But, anyway, um, he barely even – yeah, he they only played him on offense in this game and really – he had like a few catches and they played him pretty sparingly. I think the game was already out of hand and they were just like, we don't need to risk getting him further injured now. So I'm guessing that, you know, he said he kept running into the game last week and that's why he was getting in there and that the, the coaches just didn't realize he was going in and then he'd play a couple plays. And they'd be Who's like, telling what the hell is he doing? That's what he was telling me. So I don't know, but anyway, man, so I feel he, bad for you. You were trying to get to the bottom of this. It's I'm like still, trying to figure out who shot JFK. Exactly, man. This is ridiculous. It's nuts. I don't understand why the coach can't keep track of what's going on on his field, <laughs> and I crazy. can't understand why a parent would allow their child to go in there and get beat up. Yeah. And that they think that if he goes and plays, or he seems to think that if he plays, he gets an automatic scholarship. Let's let's. Take a look at this logic. I had a long conversation with him on Saturday about junior colleges and that you can still get to Division One football if you want, if you are good enough through the back door. But if you destroy your shoulder in high school, that's not ever going to happen for you. So let's be real here. You've seen him play. Is he going to get Division One scholarships? I could see him playing for like Portland State or – Montana or something on that level. Now he's not like a power five caliber player, but he is, he's good. He's fast. He, and he's better at cornerback than he is at wide receiver. He's pretty good at wide receiver, but he's not getting, I'm just like, you're not getting any film at cornerback anyway right now because you're injured and they're not playing him on defense because of that. They don't want him tackling anybody. So I'm just like, heal up, take a few weeks off, your team's not going to the playoffs anyway. And you, you're 0-3 now. Like, take a couple weeks off, get healed up, go back out there and do your thing. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's just in desperation mode and, like, doesn't want to All the more here. reason where a, a sane parent needs to step in and go, we need to take a moment. Yeah. So I'm working on Because what's going to happen is go. when he's 35 years old and his shoulder isn't working – and he has constant pain, and God forbid he's having to take anything to manage it. Right. He's going to look back on his parents and go, why didn't you stop yeah. me? I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, my next diversity thing. So this morning I was like, man, I was like, I haven't really watched anything. I was trying to think of anything I had watched that was kind of outside of football. Um and I found this a new Netflix documentary that just got released, I think maybe yesterday or the day before, called The Saint of Second Chances. And it is about uh, Bill Veck and his son Mike. So Bill Veck was the one-time Chicago Cubs and Cleveland Guardians, I guess Indians at the time, uh, general manager, was responsible for signing... Larry Doby, the first African-American player in the American League to the uh, then Cleveland Indians. He also is responsible for planting the ivy at Wrigley Field that grows on the outfield wall in the summer, which is kind of an interesting thing. He's just like, he's kind of the man. Um, 
of like a million ideas, you know, like how to make the game more fun, how to do these things. He was going to buy the Philadelphia uh, Phillies. And before Jackie Robinson came into the major leagues, he, he had a plan in place to buy the Phillies and get all the best players from the Negro leagues and fill the team with all black players. And major league baseball was like, absolutely not. You're not doing that. So um, just a couple little interesting things about him. He eventually purchased the Chicago White Sox. And his son, Mike, is like the protagonist or whatever in this documentary. And he is or the, the, the focus of this documentary. And he was talking about his dad had this box that was just an idea box. And he said, if our house ever catches on fire, you get this box out of the house immediately. Like, I don't care about the artwork. I don't care about, you know, anything in the safe. He's like, you get this box out of the house because we need this to stay. Or, you know, we need this to stay alive. Um, we're just to keep our our ideas moving forward. Just the guy was amazing. Anyway, his son comes up and they had they would have all these cool promotional nights and they would do fireworks after home runs. They were the first ones to do fireworks after home runs. They would do, uh, you know, all, all kinds of different things. And he had a, they had a disco night in like 19, this is in the early eighties, late seventies, something like that. They had a disco night and didn't get very good reception, but his dad always was like, you gotta, you gotta do both sides. And so then they did an anti-disco or death to disco night or something. And it filled up the stadium with it was like they were going to blow up a lot of punk yeah a lot of punk rockers mostly white people it turned out this was a very homophobic and racist event that he was like and talking to mike Vec, he's just in the documentary he's like if i had any idea that it was going to be like this looked back at as this homophobic you know anti-black kind of night i would have never done it they did it during so if you bring a disco record to the game you got in for to a double header for 99 I've heard cents of this. i've heard of this yeah it's it's super famous if you look it up but um so they anyway they in between the double header they bring this huge uh, dumpster out with all these records in it and they blow them up on the field like records go everywhere all of a sudden thirty thousand fans spill out from the state stands into the field they're lighting things on fire in the middle of the field just turns into if this was in his idea box they should have lighted that on fire yeah exactly well he knew that was this actually like led to his dad bill having to sell the white socks and it destroyed their whole family essentially like he it took him 15 years to get over it um and then it just kind of documents his redemption story through kind of going through the minor leagues and really um he ended up buying the. the uh, let's, let's not spoil it for people. They, okay, we, got, we can't. We have to give them something to kind it's of. It's true. I'm not giving up everything. I'm just saying he eventually bought a, a minor league baseball team, turned them into kind of an early version of the Savannah Bananas, like with all kinds of like really cool and kind of innovative little gimmicks at the games. Um, but it, it was so like it hit me hard, man. Like I almost. What the heck? Is that you? Yes. <laughs> Mike had a Burger King commercial uh, airing during. I was just about. I almost just teared up, and then you just hit me with the Burger King commercial. I think that's why it happened. No, it like this documentary touched me deep, man. Like I was, I 
it went some places I had no idea it was going. Yeah. And it like, it, you, you definitely laugh and cry and feel a lot during this one. So I recommend anybody go check that out. If the you Saint, have feelings, check it out. The Saint of Second Chances on Netflix now. Awesome. All right. Any more? So, no, that's it. All right, let's herd some goats. Let's do it. What's your good? Michael Penix Jr., the mm. Washington Huskies quarterback. Deserves uh, a good for sure. Leading Division One in passing, uh, just throwing the ball all over the yard. Fun to watch. I've, I've had a very good time this year watching. Uh, watching I'm, gl- I'm glad you have him here. He deserves it. I think so. I have had a tough time with my good. I'm a pessimistic person in general. No. Yeah, Please believe stop. it or not. <laughs> so I've been hearing some good things about Mike McDaniel's. So I okay. put him in here. He has back-to-back season starting two and zero. Again, I mentioned I was kind of watching his episode of The Pivot, and just kind of the way he approaches the game is um, is pretty pretty cool. I really uh, enjoy him. Like he was talking about, he was a um, offensive line coach, a little kid basically, like a little guy. It's that, such, such and a he dude. he had to find a way to communicate to people and actually prove um, that he knew what he was doing and that like. Why Why is this guy who's been playing offensive line for five, six, seven years, why is he spending his time listening to me? Right. So he had to find a way to communicate to people to essentially prove himself. And you see that as he's kind of talking to the media. He's – I wouldn't call him gimmicky. That's kind of like a, almost a negative connotation. But he has this this – personality to him that's um really fun for the game honestly i think he i think he's good for the game i think he's a good coach i think he blends ideas well uh, he rattled off some play when they were talking about ryan clark and watching one of ryan clark's play and he was talking about some game that happened like in the early aughts and what defense they were running and all this kind of other stuff. And Ryan's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, when he's when he's just rattling that stuff off, it's like he's a bit of a savant in a lot of ways. So I appreciate his journey. I appreciate his approach to teaching and, and connecting with his players. And it seems to be paying dividends on the field. So good, good job by him. He seems just ridiculously funny to me. He came out at a press conference or you know like his weekly meeting with the media back in early last year and it was before Kanye went on his anti-semitic rants and somebody in the like one of the media members is like oh did you did you get any Yeezys today it's Yeezy day because like whatever you know Kanye West shoes would get released and they'd call it Yeezy day and he's just like are you he's like that's today uh, why did anybody say it? Like, I would have had one of my guys on the computer trying to get me some Yeezys. God damn it. Like, it was the, like, it just made me laugh to my, you know, at least it was funny to me. So, I, I so do. irreverent. Yeah, I like fun. him a lot. He's I do fun. like him a lot. All right. So, you're bad. What do you got? Oh, uh, the bad. So, Mike, I'm, allow me a moment to be a get off my lawn guy. Okay. I have a problem. This is a, this is a, with space. rushing the, with fans rushing, storming the field. If it's not, it has to be the right situation for me. A big win, big upset, something like that. 
the University of Colorado fans rushed the field after having to go to over double overtime to beat a team that they were 24 and a half point favorites over. I just, I'm not okay with it. It just bothered me. And I'm here to talk about it. Can I zag? Yeah. They were 1-11 last year. They are now 3-0. and That game was ugly. It was and I'll talk ugly. a little bit about it later. It was later. fun, though, too. Like I, was a, I, I stayed up and watched the entire thing. I did watch it. It was fun. Uh, they did go into overtime, so it's exciting. It's just kids letting off, letting out some emotion. I get that. Plus, everyone was there, right? So it's everyone. It's like a national game. It's seven o'clock. It's the only thing on at this point. Mm-hmm. They actually delayed it twenty minutes because of this ridiculous Tennessee Florida oh, game. Um, and so it's just everyone's hype. They're probably six beers in, not to mention what they drank before they got to the stadium. Right. I guess I get it. It's the first time Colorado since like the early nine was it 1989, 1990 have been in a position to be this excited. But I mean, are they going to rush the field when they beat Stanford in three weeks? Like it's just what if they do? I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess yeah, it's college kids. It is a get off my lawn take. Day. That's for sure. I agree. I I understand that. I'm but, okay with it. No, that's fine. I just I'm more of like act like you've been there before. But they. That's the whole thing. That's true. True. Good point. <laughs> They're learning, All right. man. All right. Who's your bad? Uh, violence in NFL stadiums. Okay. Uh, uh, this okay. weekend, there was a 53-year-old Patriots fan, a 30-year season ticket holder that was assaulted by a Dolphins fan. Not that it's inherent with the Dolphins fan, but just these are the facts. Yeah. Um, hit his head on the ground and died due to complications related to that trauma. Um, I took my wife and daughter to a Browns game. We're playing Miami, ironically enough. Um, and the people around us were absolute animals. Now this could be just a, a Cleveland thing, but even in Seattle games, it's like a inappropriate language and screaming and drunk assholes and like people talking like, I don't know, the stuff that comes out of their mouths is absolutely ridiculous. And then it starts these fights. People just grown-ass people throwing each other and throwing punches in the aisle. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on? It's like 49er on 49er crime. It's There was a lot this week, too. Did you see the guy getting handcuffed in the Zuba overalls and then headbutted a I guy? I did. That was at the Cincinnati Jesus game, right? Jesus Christ. So this is the stuff that I'm... It, it, it's... Sometimes I thought like maybe it's just we're seeing it more because the media social media presence. I'm sure. But I don't think that's the the problem anymore. I think we've surpassed that calculation. I think it's actually happening more. Because what ends up happening, you see it more, then it becomes more acceptable to right. do it, and then it becomes an epidemic. Like I am not ever gonna bring my family to one of these games. Because these people are animals. I heard a take this week that they should ha- have a space at the stadium like you want to be a drunk asshole and start fights with somebody go in here and we can you guys can fucking square up and you're not having to do it in front of a bunch of little kids and oh that sounds like a liability problem yeah especially since you can't get insurance in florida anymore obviously gotta be careful (laughs) obviously it's not the right all right so violence in nfl stadiums that sucks killed somebody died Um, too bad man i think it's the second time in two weeks that somebody's died at an nfl stadium i think didn't somebody have a heart attack at the uh 
at, I think at the Patriots game I think game that, this I think week that too. happens more than we know. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm not even well, talking about idiots falling off the railing right. or anything okay. like that. This is something Just directly related to yeah. violence, and somebody died. It was senseless. All right, what's your ugly? Uh, if col- that wasn't ugly enough. College football fans. Um, Colorado State safety Henry Blackburn, Blackburn and his family are receiving death threats. People are coming to their houses. Their their addresses were posted online. Phone numbers were posted online. Henry Blackburn made a cheap hit on Travis Hunter, the superstar wide receiver slash cornerback for Colorado. Last, gave him a lacerated Lacerated uh, liver. his liver. He was flagged for a 15-yard penalty. It was definitely a cheap shot. He probably he should have been kicked out of the game. Maybe should have been kicked out of the game. Arguably, yeah, he should have been kicked out of the game. But it's a football play. They they were chippy both ways leading up to that point. I don't think, you know, this is just ridiculous. People need to calm the fuck down. Well, you can't you can't use logic to go from it was chippy both ways. Therefore, because we're not we're not dealing with people that are using logic, right? So you kind of got to throw that whole thing out of the window. You're right. This is uncalled for. Unacceptable. The kid, he's a kid. Yeah. He's, it, 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 at the oldest, he's if 22 years old. If we're going to give the fan, these drunk fans like a free pass to run the field, we got to give a kid who's hyped up in the situation a free pass if he hits somebody a little bit late or mm-hmm. sees an opportunity to um, lay the wood and just showed up a little late. Yeah. So anyway, that's my that's my ugly man. I hope uh, hope this young man can get over this and, and his family can get by by this. But it's, they shouldn't be dealing with this, and it's just ridiculous. So yeah, well, mine, I, my ugly, watching college football. Most of these games are horrible. They're lopsided. They're not really fun to watch. Referees are dangerously inconsistent. Completely missing obvious calls. They're not controlling games. Massive team fights and unsportsmanlike penalty in both the University of Tennessee and University of, or Tennessee versus Florida and the um, Colorado State versus Colorado games. Plus, here's and the thing: back to back games on ESPN. That's horrible. Crazy. And and here's the worst of it all: the viewing experience. The actual what I'm seeing on the screen is bad, and it's by almost all providers, especially ESPN. They're especially horrible. They don't know what a camera angle looks like. There were a couple of questionable fumbles that I could not get a good look at because somebody's ass was in the way. And they're trying to determine, hey, let's bring in whoever the the expert was to to tell if it was a fumble. I can't even remember their darn names. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I just go like, how do you know this? Do do they have a different angle? With all the technology we have now, there is a computer that can determine where the tennis ball went out of bounds how come we cannot figure this out you know um i was so watching the mariners game last night there oh, was a, great a more another baseball anecdote. there was Go a uh, you god you're an asshole uh there was a play a close play at first base they went to New, they they go to if, if one team wants to challenge a play they go to New York and then they showed a camera angle from New York where they were looking at it and they have like yeah they were showing images in on you could see the computer that the guy was looking at it, you know it's got like six different screens in front of him 
and there were like three camera angles that the broadcast didn't have didn't He's even like have, Diesel uh, from the Matrix, and yeah, that was exactly. his name with all those like computers. Exactly what it looked like, and uh, yeah, they didn't have they didn't show us like three of the images you could see flashing by on the on his screen. So I was like, that's really strange. And I'm really to the college football point. You think ESPN is bad? Try watching a freaking Huskies game on the Pac-12 network, which is just the worst experience ever. And I'm going to probably end up, hopefully it's a blowout and I don't have to sit and watch much of it. So anyway, there it is. There it is, man. There's a podcast. Yes, sir. All right, Jeremy, when I podcast, I take off my hat and I take off my glasses. That's what my mother taught me. Love it.